Hello, and welcome to this special edition of the Four Verticals podcast. More so special for me and not for you guys, because I'm uh, recording this episode from home. Uh, I figured I have the house to myself. I don't get this opportunity very often, so why not take it? Um, so I do apologize if you hear a cat meowing or maybe some uh, a, a car passing by outside. I don't know. Um, shouldn't be much of an issue, though. <clears throat> So, uh, we're, I didn't even do my regular intros. <laughs> Hello and welcome back to this week's episode of the Four Verticals Podcast. I'm your host, Maurice Phipps. This episode is being recorded on July 21st, 2021. We don't have very much news to get into at all, but uh, I'm still going to try and drag this episode out to as long as possible because I have to recap both Game 5 and Game 6 of the NBA Finals, and that's probably going to take up at least 30 minutes of your time, uh, of my time, rather, um... Anyway, uh, because I have a lot to get into, especially when it comes to Game 6. So let's get right back into it. Now, going into Game 5, the Suns were uh, tied with the Bucks 2-2. And a lot of people were saying this is, you know, whoever wins this game is going to win the series Game 5, that's being. And the the Suns came out very, very strong. I actually... um, I, I I damn near missed this game because I was out at a uh, <clears throat> I was at a, a gun range with uh, with my family celebrating my mom's birthday. Hi mom, if you're hearing this, you're probably not. Uh, happy birthday to her. Um. Anyway, where was I? So I I damn near missed the uh, the game. I I, I want to say I caught it in the uh, the I caught the sec I caught the entire second half, and with that, um, I had. You know, I had to do a little bit of digging to make sure, like, what what was going on in this game. So, I'm aware, I, 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 I found out that the Suns had a 16-point lead going into the second quarter. Now, normally, when you see a team with a 16-point lead in going into the second quarter, you're going to assume, hey, this team's playing damn good. You know, if they, if they continue on this, this should be an easy game for them. Uh, no, that's not the case because apparently in the second quarter, the Bucks absolutely exploded and had a, I believe, a 31-point quarter to uh, have the, the have the game tied at halftime. So I caught the game as it was returning from halftime. And what I will say is that was game five, because we're going to get to game six, obviously. Game five was an absolute fantastic game. And it... Game see that game five is one of the main reasons that basketball is my favorite sport over over football or over basketball because you had both Devin Booker and Chris Middleton go for forty points. Drew Holiday played out of his mind. Um, he shot the ball incredibly well, sixty percent from the field. Had some phenomenal defensive plays, especially a, a, a potentially game saving um, defensive stop on Devin Booker. Uh, forcing it, forcing a turnover from Devin Booker going to on on the other side on the other uh, end of the court throwing a lob to Giannis who converted the and one just or actually no he didn't convert the and one but he um cashed in on the lob and got to the line um just a phenomenal phenomenal game all around unfortunate for the Suns they couldn't pull that one out um especially seeing uh what ended up happening in Game Six we'll get to that in a little bit um. In Game Five, however, Chris Paul again was not 
at his best. He did have some great moments in the, I want to say great, he did have some good moments in the fourth quarter where he really showed up uh, for the majority of for the majority of the fourth quarter, he that that was his uh his time where he we he he played like a the Chris Paul that we knew he could be, um but again not a very solid performance from Chris Paul overall, um what did I I said Drew Holiday nearly dropped thirty yeah Chris Middleton went for forty yeah Giannis played Giannis like um all pretty pretty uh standard stuff for the uh the Bucks um. But one thing that I will say is that this game five truly, truly showed how tough this Suns team was because I don't think a lot of people knew that this Suns team was as uh, as tough as they showed in game five because every time it seemed like Chris Middleton would hit a shot to put the game out of reach, the Suns would just keep coming back and they'd hit a shot and they'd you know and they'd hit another shot and they hit another shot to where they got with they got the game within three points. And honestly, I I wholeheartedly believe that this game was going to go into overtime. Unfortunately, it didn't. Unfortunately for the viewers, uh, for the viewing experience, it didn't go into overtime like I had uh, hoped. But, yeah, game five was an absolutely phenomenal game, which went to the Bucks. Now, game six, game six of the NBA final. I'm going to talk at length about game six because I watched the entirety of game six. Um, for you guys that were unaware, before this season started, and I don't remember which episode this is, um, but if you go back and listen to one of my earlier episodes before this season, before this uh, season started, when Chris Paul had officially signed with the Phoenix Suns, um, my my friend Robert was on the uh, he w- he was on the show as well, and we had said that. Um, this this move ne- doesn't necessarily make any sense for the Phoenix Suns because it doesn't turn them into a contender. Um, we also said, however, whatever short term success they may have, um, it won't, you know, it won't lead into a championship and it won't be a farewell for the long term. Um, we were two games away from looking like complete fools, and that's what I love about sports. Because everybody's going to have their own opinion on what's good for whoever, what's good for what player, what one player should do. Um, but at the end of the day, I'm just a, I'm, I'm just a spectator. I'm, I'm just an, I'm not, I'm not going to call myself an analyst. I don't analyze, you know. Um, but at the end of the day, I'm just, a, I'm just a spectator. I don't control anything that goes on in the court. And we were two games away from looking like absolute fools and just, you know, being completely wrong about the situation. So, before I get to congratulating the Bucks on their championship run and the phenomenal game six they played, I just want to extend uh, the uh, a deep congratulations to the Phoenix Suns organization, to James Jones, to Monty Williams, to Devin Booker, to Chris Paul, to DeAndre Ayton, to Cameron Payne, to Cam Johnson, to Mikael Bridges, to Jay Crowder. To Frank Kaminsky because he played big minutes in the uh, game six. To Dario Saric, uh, hopefully his ACL injury uh, heals soon and we can see him back on the court next next season. Uh, to Tory Craig, to all the assistant coaches, to everyone in the Phoenix Suns organization, I would like to congratulate them for making it this far because I don't necessarily think anyone 
thought that they could do it. I know damn well I didn't think that they could do it. I didn't I didn't think that it was possible. Um, so gotta congratulate them for for defying the odds and showing that um, they, you know, they no ma- no matter what happened to other teams, you know, they they elevated their play and they they played who was in front of them and damn it they got to the NBA finals which is much more than you know 30 I mean uh 28 other teams can say that they did in this this season so one extended congratulations to them um just just wanted to do that before I give Giannis and the Bucks their flowers now getting into game 6 game Six game six started off very sloppy on both sides of the ball. Um, neither team shot very well in the in the first quarter. Um, it was a very low scoring quarter. I think this. I think the Bucks were up maybe ten at the end of the the first quarter. So um, it was a close game, but a game that could have easily gotten out of hand had the Bucks or had the Suns not uh, fought the way they did in this game, which they again carrying on for game five. The Suns made this a game. This was never out of reach for the Suns until the very final minutes. Actually, the very final minute of the game, I will say. Um, yeah, the the first quarter was a very slow quarter. Um, DeAndre Ayton had a very bad shooting night, especially in that first quarter. I believe in, uh, going into the second quarter, he was, he was one for six from the field. Um, some of those were, I believe one of those was a mid-range shot he missed. Some of those were Giannis absolutely clamping down on him defensively at the rim, um, meeting him there. And, yeah, Giannis made life hell for Aiton in this game specifically. Um, we'd been seeing Aiton, you know, Aiton has had been, he, he had um, a little bit, uh, not a little bit, a lot more trouble finding his shot and uh, having offense created for him in this series, especially because of the phenomenal defense that the Bucks have played um, on them. <clears throat> and that's due to having, you know, Giannis, a, a, a defensive player of the year candidate, a defensive player of the year winner, uh, three-time all-defense. Uh, they had Brooke Lopez playing particularly solid defense when it came to uh, protecting the rim. Um, they had Bobby Portis coming off the bench, giving great energy, solid defense when he needed it to be. Um, it was just great defense being played all around on DeAndre Ayton. So in this game, you know, a lot of people had been talking about how Ayton was shooting, you know, so efficiently from from the from the field, and the game was coming so easily to him. The Bucks stopped that completely in game in game six. The Bucks did not allow that to happen, and that's one thing that I have to congratulate or I have to give it to Mike Budenholzer. For as much crap as he had been given on why is uh, Giannis not guarding the best player on the court, on well your your adjustments suck, on your 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 starters aren't playing enough minutes. As much crap as Coach Budenholzer has gotten over the years, especially last year, and I mean especially last year, his defensive game plan was absolutely spot on for the in. I would say the entirety of the series, um, games one and two. Obviously, we know what happened in those. Um, both Chris Paul and Devin Booker showed up, came to play, and it just wasn't. Those were those were games that you you have to be okay with losing because they're at, um, they're in Phoenix. 
Um, but Coach Budenholzer's game plan defensively was spot on, especially when it comes to the guard play. And we didn't we didn't necessarily see this until um, games three, four, and five. But Drew Holiday did an absolute phenomenal job guarding Chris Paul. And when it comes to games five and six, when Drew Holiday was on Devin Booker, he was a pest. Devin Booker was not getting to a shot as easily as uh, as he was in previous rounds. Actually, I believe when, when Chris Paul was in the game, I, I think this was somewhere around the second, third quarter, both Chris Paul and um, Devin Booker were playing in the game. The pri- I believe the primary ball handler was whoever Drew Holiday wasn't guarding. So if Drew Holiday was on Chris Paul, then Devin Booker would bring the ball up the court. And if Drew Holiday was on uh, Devin Booker, Chris Paul would bring the ball up the court. That That is extremely impressive when you consider that Chris Paul is not typically sloppy with the ball. Chris Paul is... One thing you can say about one thing you're going to say about Chris Paul is he does not turn the ball over very frequently at all, and Drew Holiday forced so many turnovers out of him. I believe it was a stretching game, uh, maybe it was it was some stretch in this finals. It might have been from games one to three or games two to four where Chris Paul had back to back five turnover games. That was strictly because of the defense that Drew Holiday played. On him, Drew Holiday. Um, in, in, both in games one and two, Chris Paul shot the ball well. Um, in three, four, and little, and in, in five, he didn't, and that was because Drew Holiday put him in Alcatraz. He locked him up, uh, and he threw away the key. So, gotta give you gotta give props to Drew Holiday, even though his shooting wasn't at his shooting wasn't particularly good. The entirety of the series, but he showed up when was he was needed, and he very much so delivered, um, especially on the defensive side, which is something that they've needed. Uh, they've they've needed at least somewhat consistent points from the point guard position. Drew Holiday being a massive improvement to uh, Eric Bledsoe, who was previously on this Bucks team. Ah, where where where, uh, where am I going to go next? I'm going to go to Chris Middleton. Chris Middleton. Chris Middleton, in Game 6, he didn't necessarily play fantastic, but one thing about Chris Middleton, he might not he might not score the most points, but he's going to score when you need to. And when he needed to put the ball in the, when he needed to put the ball in the bucket, he definitely did so. In the fourth quarter, I think it was like a minute 47 left, um, he hit a, a mid-range shot to put the Bucks up, I believe, four points with that little minute left. Um, yeah, just big, big-time moments out of Chris Middleton. Um, you wouldn't know it, but Chris Middleton actually averaged, I believe, a little under 25 points a game on nearly 50% uh, efficiency. So, you know, good, uh, good final stats from Chris Middleton. I want to talk about Bobby Portis as well. Bobby Portis in this game. Absolutely big time minutes from Bobby Portis. I can't explain to you um, the impact that Bobby Portis had, especially defensively. Bobby Portis actually showed up defensively in this game. 
Um, but for the most for most of this game, Bobby Portis was the second highest leading scorer with uh, sixteen points. Um, you know when when you when you have players like Bobby Portis putting up sixteen points um, and just giving great great energy off the bench, playing well defensively, um, you know you, you you know your team's gonna win the game. So that's a uh, big on big on Portis. Um, Brooke Lopez actually saw a surprising amount of minutes in this game. Um, I, I was a little surprised, especially because how Budenholzer was cutting down on the minutes for Brooke Lopez because um, Brooke Lopez absolutely was getting killed on the pick and rolls. He can't he can't necessarily defend that. He's not quick enough to guard the the guards on the opposing team, and so he was just getting eaten alive in the pick and roll game. Um, we saw a little bit of that in I believe the third quarter when Brooke Lopez was playing. Uh, both, I think it was back-to-back possessions that Devin Booker and Chris Paul hit uh, mid-range shots either over Devin Booker, not over Devin Booker, either over uh, Brooke Lopez or they switched off of Brooke Lopez to get the mid-range shot going. Um, yeah, surprising amount of minutes from Brooke Lopez. Brooke Lopez played play fine. Um, his defensive impact showed really on um, Aiton more so than in the uh, pick-and-roll game because for as many minutes as he played, I didn't feel like he was getting abused as much in the pick-and-roll game. Um, so, yeah, solid minutes out of Brook Lopez. Um, who else do I talk about before I talk about Giannis? Um, Pat Connaughton, I don't really remember. Actually, one thing. Hold on. Give me one second. I have to look this up. I have to look this up. Um, because when I looked at the box score for... I looked at the box score right after the game, and hold on, give me one second. I hope I'm still rec- I'm still recording, right? Yeah, I'm still recording. Um, so give me one second on that. So only five players for the Milwaukee Bucks even scored. Um, we had Bobby Portis with 16 points, Chris Middleton with 17 points. Brooke Lopez with 10 on 50% shooting. And Drew Holiday had another poor shooting performance from the field, 4 of 19 uh, with 12 points. But he did, uh, he did, he had, he had four steals and 11 assists, which, hey, it's, I'll, I'll take it. You know, I, I will take it uh, if I'm the Bucks because that four steals, so big. Chris Middleton also had four steals. Um, Pat Connaughton didn't play well. Jeff T got two minutes, so he's not going to talk about him. Uh, P.J. Tucker. P.J. Tucker didn't shoot the ball, I think, until the fourth quarter where he, he uh, tried for a three and missed. P.J. Tucker defensively, man. Um, something to be said about the defensive tenacity that P.J. Tucker plays with. P.J. Tucker has been a player that... Um, I haven't necessarily always thought was the best um, player, especially because, you know, it's it's hard to see. When, when a player doesn't fill the box score, it's hard to see their impact. You have to actually watch the game to do, um, to do so. But in this game, P.J. Tucker, he, 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 was, he, was, he, was, he was very good defensively. Um, that's what I will say. Uh, definitely a game changer on this buck side of the, of the, uh, the court. Um, Actually, before I get to Giannis, I'm going to talk about the Phoenix Suns uh, a little more. Um, Jay Crowder, you know, you you wanted to see Jay Crowder hit 
more of the open threes that he was taking. He only went two for nine from the three-point line. Um, unfortunate that they couldn't get uh, a, a, that that six of seven Jay Crowder because they would have they would have easily won this game. Um, Mikael Bridges, I, I, w- I really would have liked to see him get a little bit more touches. Um, he went three of seven, which doesn't look the greatest, but when you consider that, I think three of his shots were sent back by Giannis. Um, it's not entirely terrible. Um, I do wish that Bridges got a little bit more of the uh, his share of the of the ball, um, a little bit, a little bit more opportunities to create shots to create his own offense. DeAndre Ayton, he got put in the torture chamber. He absolutely could not do anything on offense and on defense. He was a liability because he could not, for the life of him, guard Giannis. He had he sent them to the line so many times. He had he ended the game with five fouls. Um, he was in foul trouble for he was in foul trouble for uh, a good portion of this game. Um, so much so that Frank Kaminsky had to play eleven minutes for this uh, Suns team. He actually played played quite well in the the eleven minutes he had. He went three for four, scored six points. Um, so you're getting a lot out of Frank Kaminsky, who really shouldn't be touching the floor, but that's good on him. Um, Chris Paul had a Chris Paul game. Um, he went 11 of 19 from the field, um, scored 26 points. I won't say this is a, a no. He Chris Paul played well, um, but it always seemed like Chris Paul was just lacking something, especially when uh, Drew Holiday was guarding him. It was very apparent when Drew Holiday was guarding him that um, they needed to get the ball out of his hands because he, was, he could not make a shot over Chris Paul, uh, Drew Holiday at all. Um, Devin Booker played 46 minutes, shot the ball poorly, 8 for 22, did not hit a single three. He attempted seven of them. Um, it's very unfortunate that Devin Booker couldn't find it in him to play well in this game because especially coming off the back-to-back 40 performances, 40 point performances on great efficiency, um, you just you, you, you really hate to see that from your, uh, your young stars, but unfortunately it just wasn't his time this year. Uh, hopefully, Devin Booker can, you know, recompose himself. Don't let this get um, too into too into his head about it because he is still a, a, a young player. He does still have time, you know, to, to to reach the summit again. And hopefully, the next time he'll come and he'll mature his game a little more, and he can, you know, show he can show why uh, he was getting the the Kobe. Uh, comparisons, even though I was never on board with the Kobe Bryant comparisons. I think Stephen A. started that train. I I don't like doing stuff like that. Uh, Devin Booker himself even said he shouldn't be com- he shouldn't be compared to Kobe. Um, it's just not fair to Devin Booker because those are such big shoes to fill anyway. And no matter how you perform, it's gonna be brought up that um, you were compared to Kobe. No matter how who brought it up or if you wanted to bring it up in the first place. Um, so yeah, not necessarily fair to Devin Booker for those comparisons, but I'm getting sidetracked. Um, before I go to Giannis, Cameron Payne played a uh, ten big minutes in the second half. Um, not second half, the second quarter. I'm very shocked that Monty Williams didn't actually uh, go back to Cameron Payne at all because he he provided a spark on the bench when the game easily could have gotten out of hand in the second quarter. He was a big reason why they outscored uh, the. Bucks the way they did in the second quarter. 
Um, a little disappointed that Cameron Payne didn't get a little more shine in this. I could have easily saw him playing um, uh, maybe 20 minutes, uh, especially when you when you look at Cam Johnson. Cam, Cam Johnson didn't have the best performance, especially not uh, with how he's been playing. Cam Johnson played 16 minutes and Cameron Payne only played 10. Um, yeah, I would have liked to see Cameron Payne get a little bit more minutes, especially because of how, you know, he, he, he was the reason that um, – Phoenix outscored Milwaukee thirty-one to thirteen in the uh, in the in the second quarter. Um, so a little disappointing in that front. Now, so I've talked about everyone. I've talked about both Coach Budenholzer and Monty Williams, um, but the one person I have not talked about is Giannis Antetokounmpo. Giannis Antetokounmpo scored. A, his career playoff high, 50 points. I'll say that again. Giannis Antetokounmpo played 42 minutes, shot the ball 16 of 25 from the field, and he scored a whopping 50 points in the, the final game of this season. Giannis had five blocks. I don't... I don't even want to talk about the offensive side of the ball yet. Can I talk about defensively? Defensively, Giannis was absolutely everywhere. He had five blocks. That alone says that nothing was getting past Giannis. There there wasn't a lot of stuff that was getting past Giannis. Giannis, I think on two fast breaks, um, pinned Mikhail Bridges' layup to the glass both times. Um, he got a he had a foul he had a um, a, blo- a a shot that was counted as a block shot on Devin Booker that should have counted as a foul um, but I'm not gonna get too much in that especially because of how many how uh, fouls have been called against this uh, the Suns team this series so I'm not gonna get into that um, Giannis was uh, Giannis was an absolute force defensively he grabbed ten defensive rebounds he grabbed ten defensive rebounds. In comparison, DeAndre Ayton only grabbed one offensive rebound. I I can't explain. I can't understate. I can't overstate the fact that Giannis was. He was the best player, for this game. He was the best player on the planet. He he. I don't know. I don't know what he did before this game. And I probably will never know. But this game. This Giannis. Giannis for that split second, he for for this game, he became the best player on the planet. I still do have um Kevin Durant as number one and Giannis as number two, uh, for uh just anyone who was curious. Um and also I have to um correct my my top ten because I erroneously left off Stephen Curry out of my top ten uh last week. Again, I wasn't thinking about it, it was spur of the moment. I'm gonna get into that later. Um uh, but yeah, Giannis was everywhere defensively. For a guy who just hyperextended his knee, uh, maybe three weeks ago, people were people were scared that that was an ACL injury. He bounced back, dropped back to back forty point games, and then in the final game he drops fifty. He drops a clean fifty. I can't understand. And so I was as as I was watching, I can't understate to you how happy I was. When Chris Paul fouled him, when he had forty nine points, because I, 
I, I really wanted Giannis to get that 50 piece. And so when Steph, and not Steph Curry, when Chris Paul fouled him to send him to the line when they were in the bonus, he fouled him in the backcourt. I was absolutely elated. I was screaming at the top of my lungs because this is such a big accomplishment for Giannis, not only to get the, fuck the 50 points. He just won an NBA championship. No, if you ask two years ago, people would have said, oh yeah, the Bucks, the Bucks, they missed their window. They missed their window. Because, you know, the the talent isn't there around him. It's not as it's not as big as the it's not a big market. No one's gonna want to play there in free agency. Giannis didn't miss his window. He created his own window with the pieces he had around him. They got obviously they got better in the in the free agency market. That's what you're supposed to do. They made they made uh you know they made they made uh the best out of a situation. Uh, that they had with Eric Bledsoe trading for Drew Holiday, but damn it, this is this is NBA basketball at its finest. You take a look at Giannis, who was drafted in 2013, stuck with this franchise even when you know the doubters said, "Hey, move on, go to LA, go to wherever you can get a ring easier there. You can, you can, it'll 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 just come. It'll it'll be there as soon as you get there. It'll be there." You take a look at Chris Middleton, who got there on a trade from Detroit, which sent Brandon Jennings to Detroit and Chris Middleton to the Bucks. You look at that and you think, wow, these two players have really, they spent their, they nearly spent their entire careers together. I, I think they spent, uh, Giannis has spent his entire career with uh, Chris Middleton. At one point, these two players were the worst rated players in on NBA 2K. And then to look at them, They've they've come so far. They've they've experienced the heartbreak in the Eastern Conference Finals. They've experienced nearly getting swept um, last year in the bubble. You know they they've silenced the doubters. They went on to 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 go and sweep the team that nearly swept them last year. They went on to you know through through with the Dante Divincenzo injury and with the Giannis scare. They went on to prevail in the Eastern Conference Finals. And in the semis, they went on to battle Kevin Durant, who played out of his damn mind the entire series. You know, you you go and look at that, and then you just see the the emotion coming from Giannis as as he realizes, like, I'm I'm a champion now. When I saw Giannis break down and and cry, like I I like I felt that. You know, I as a basketball fan, I felt that. And I love these moments. This might have been the single no, this isn't this isn't a might. This is the single most dominant finals performance I've ever seen by a single player. Keep in mind, I'm 19 years old, and I really I started watching basketball when I was I would say at least 10. So I've seen some extremely dominant performances in the finals. Yes, this includes uh, every single LeBron finals appearance. I don't even know why I'm going there. This is the single most dominant performance that I've ever seen by a singular athlete in the finals. I don't care. I don't. It's my opinion. You you can't dispute my opinion. Um, but it just goes to show that Giannis worked his ass off to get to this position, and you know, through throughout all the people, including myself, who said, "Hey, maybe Milwaukee isn't it. 
maybe you shouldn't resign with Milwaukee. Maybe maybe you should have a have a shorter leash with Milwaukee in, in case they can't surround you with more talent. He didn't listen to any of that. He trusted his organization. His organization repaid him, and look at the and look at the end result. And look at the end result. <sighs> this was great. This this entire finals was fantastic. I wish, I I truly do wish. I truly do wish that we could have gotten seven games out of this series. I I I, I really wish we could have gotten seven games. Um, unfortunately, it ended in six, like a lot of people predicted. Bucks in six. Um, and I would think that the NBA would call this a win. Um, the Bucks haven't been here in fifty years. The Suns haven't been here since the the Charles Barkley era. Um, so either way, someone was going to get their ring, and and this is probably going to be the last that I uh, speak on the uh, the finals because I do want to touch on a few other topics this week. Um, if you look at Giannis's resume, actually, hold on, I want to make sure that I don't mess this up. I'll look sure. I want to. Hold on, Giannis. So, in Giannis's twenty-six-year-old uh, uh, NBA career at this point, he is a five-time All-NBA, five-time All-Star, four-time All-Defense, All-Star Game MVP, Most Improved Player, Defensive Player of the Year, two-time MVP, Finals MVP. An NBA champion at 26 years old. If Giannis retires tomorrow, he is a first ballot Hall of Famer without a doubt. Without a shadow in my mind. If Giannis retires tomorrow, he says, you know what? I'm done. I don't want to play the game of basketball anymore. He is a first ballot Hall of Famer and a top five power forward of all time. You cannot convince me otherwise. Moving on from... The NBA Finals. Um, we don't again. We don't have that much news for this week. Um, this actually is, just came in like a few hours ago. Um, Fred Warner of the San Francisco 49ers signs a five-year, ninety-five million dollar extension. Um, congratulations to Fred Warner. This is making him the highest-paid linebacker in the NFL. Well worth the money because Fred Warner is an absolutely fantastic player. And to our final final pieces of news for this week. The Olympic ceremony is Friday. Zach Levine has cleared um, health and safety protocols and is free to travel with Team USA to Tokyo um, for the um, the ceremony on Friday. Uh, as for Team USA, Devin Booker, Chris Middleton, and Drew Holiday will all be joining Team USA uh, to play basketball at the Olympics. So, um Team USA hopefully should, um, you know, bring home the gold as everyone is expecting them to. Um, what a what a way to uh, what what a way to to cap off a an, a season of, of basketball for both Drew Holiday and Chris Middleton to potentially win a gold medal on top of your NBA championship. Just absolutely phenomenal. Um, Thirty five minutes is a little bit of a shorter episode, but uh, I had to. Uh, I hope you enjoyed my uh, extended NBA Finals talk for uh, this episode. Um, next week, come at you with some more news. But um, thank you for listening, and I'm out.